Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Bob. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and I can't wait to hear your story. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, Heidi, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And um, I am just a, a fan of of who you are, how you embody yourself and, and the premise of the show. Um, you know, to go back on me is, you know, I was just um, probably the most unique thing is that my mom was diagnosed with cancer when I was 15. She was my only parent that I knew, told that she was only going to live six months. So um, I'm 15 years old. I'm going to be, I'm told I'm going to be basically an orphan in six months. She ended up living two years, but it was amazing during that time that um, a gentleman who knew my mom, I don't even remember the guy's name, anything about him, but he came up to me one day and says, Bob, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I thought that's kind of an odd question to ask a 15 year old, but I'm like, I have no idea. Why are you even asking me that? And he says, because you, you can learn a product or a service or an industry, or I can teach you, or you can learn something that will help you be successful in any product with any service or any industry. And I said, well, what's that? And he said, human behavior. And I went, okay, sign me up. He said, because if you learn human behavior, why someone will or won't do something, you can be successful then. I said, well, then sign me up. And he goes, I'm saying, for, you know, kind of, facetiously and he says great go go to school next when school starts and become a peer counselor mind you i'm 15 and a half and i'm like okay sure i'll do that so i do that but it's in that from that moment it was this process um that that took me into the direction that i went into and um it really began before that it began on july 19th 1979 i was 15 years old i was at a church youth camp and I remember feeling this calling on my life that I need to do something with my life that impacts people. I don't know if it's, you know, in the ministry or not, but I know that I need to surrender myself to becoming the catalyst for that. And so, um, so that night um, I was at this youth camp and I went up to a camp counselor. And I said, can, can I come speak to your, your, your cabin tonight? And he goes, what are you gonna speak on? I said, I have no idea. And he goes, Sure. <laughs> and so that was my first speaking engagement, July 19, 1979, and uh, at age 15. And I have been blessed to speak to so many different people from so many different backgrounds. And um, I really consider it my calling to impact people and uh, to impart vision and uh, give strategic action. That's very unique. I love that. And it's been a powerful thing that's obviously held you through your life. And so you got to take me back then and tell me your lemon to lemonade story now too, then. You know, it's a lot of grief. And I know that you're accustomed with grief as well. You know, my, my mom died when I was in high school, obviously my senior year. Then um, I've, I lost a, a, a brother to suicide who was 10 years older than me. Uh, I lost a daughter in a car accident that I witnessed. I was following behind. And I witnessed a a granddaughter that I didn't get to meet. Um, she died of SIDS two months after two months. And so I didn't get to meet her. So, you know, I've been a 
child losing a parent, I've been a parent losing a child, a sibling losing a sibling, and even a grandparent losing a grandchild. So, you know, when you look at all of that, you go, what's that a recipe of? Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we'll talk, it became a recipe for me to say, I can pretty much identify with anyone from any anything. And so that was, that's kind of the journey that launched everything. And um, I went to six different high schools. So uh, I I had to become accustomed to how to make friends, how to figure out who's going to be a friend, who's going to be a foe. Uh, you know, in that in that six years, six different high schools, I met a lot of different people and had to acclimate a lot. So I think those are the biggest things that I learned from that, took away from that. People always ask, well, Bob, what do you do? You know, what do you do when that happens? And I go, you got two choices, live or die, yeah. pick one. You know, I mean, that you're just, whichever one you pick is the path you're going to take. And and I never I never really thought about when I was a boy growing up uh, quoting Alice in Wonderland, never dawned on me. But I remember reading and um, and Lewis Carroll who wrote Alice in Wonderland. They have this there's this illustration of the Cheshire cat sitting up in a tree and the roads kind of diverge into different paths. And the Cheshire and the Alice walks up and says, "Which way should I go?" And the Cheshire cat says, "Well, where are you going?" And she goes, "I, I don't know." And he goes, "Then it doesn't matter which path you take." And I think it's that definition of what that at that moment of your life where you say, okay, I'm going this way, that the path becomes more open and and more ready for what we bring to the table. And so I created a whole talk called Price Paid. Everything that you and I've been through, and I know about your your dad and, and my brother, and everything that we've been through in our life is the price we've paid to who we are to be who we are today. It's the price paid. And so we can either look at that price paid as an expense and have no expectation of it, or we can look at it as an investment and say, I expect an ROI on this. And that's what I did. I just expected an ROI on all of that grief. And ROI means return on investment or return of investment. Yeah. So it's getting something back for what you put in. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen that now. And I love that you said you you have a choice because we do, we don't think we do, especially in the moment, especially with grief. We yeah. feel like our choice has been made for us, but we do, we can choose how we're going to live now mm. and elevate that relationship we had or that person we've lost and what we're going to do because of it. Yeah. So what did you do? You know, I think the first thing I started doing was taking a lot of a lot of stock of what did I learn out of each of those experiences. Uh, I think one of the most important things we can do is learn from our experiences. And then we can decide what we're going to do with that learning. Um, I think the the second thing I did was once I decided what I learned, then I said, how can I teach that so that other people can replicate that? Um, so learning and then teaching and the, the, the teaching is kind of the glue, in my opinion, that holds everything together that, um, that really integrates it into our life. And I think far too often we take on an experience, but we forget to teach it. And that's where the best part comes because that's where the integration and the, and the, the glue is to hold it together. Yeah. And that's why I try to provide with this platform of the lemonade stand is that's exactly it. I want to take what people have learned and teach us, tell us, what are your tools? What are the tactics? What are the things you do to be able to get through the hard things? So those listening can relate and be like, me too. I'm going through that too. How did they do it? I want to know, is it possible? Because some people don't think it's possible to get through what they're going through. Definitely. 
Definitely. And you're here to say that it is. It is possible. Um, it, 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 I, I don't want to ever make it light to say that it's easy. Oh, definitely. But it's possible. Yeah. And it's probable if you make the decision, again, we go back to that decision, to take the, the necessary steps. Um, but see, I think a lot of times we get so confused about not knowing what the next step is so we don't take one. Right. And I think it's kind of like walking around a corner. You don't see what's around the corner until you walk around the corner. Man, I tell you, those learning lessons during that time, 19 years old, as many screw-ups as I did, I mean, man, I am I, I am so flawed. I am perfectly flawed. Uh, <laughs> I screwed up so much in that, but at the same and at the same time, um, the gift was what I learned in the process that I've been able to utilize going forward the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, it's made you who you are and what the knowledge you have. And so it's not it's not failing, it's learning. It's more right. lessons. So yeah. you're perfect at, at learning lessons. I am <laughs> good at it. I practiced. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And we should. That's the whole point. Like just try. And so I love that's your message is just mm. you you had to lean on those mentors. Yeah. And so I think it's great to realize we don't know it all. We don't have it all. And there are other people that have walked this path before us that can assist us and help us and want to. Yes. It, it, it is great when you can find those mentors. And um, I always say that, you know, there's people in, in your life that can change you today. Right. But it's not up to them to find you. It's up to you to find them. Uh, to be a mentor to someone in that in that space is, is a privilege. I think the first thing you, I always try and talk about is the price paid. Look, just realize that everything you're going through right now is going to become the price you've paid to be who you want to be on the other side. And you've got to decide who you want to be on the other side. Right. Because that's up to them to decide that part. So they need that's to right. kind of see themselves on the other side and be like, what am I going to be? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's the, the first thing that I would challenge them. Who do you want to be on the other side of this? And uh, once we can establish that they want to be a healthier person, a, a more vibrant person, and you know, a, a living person, those kind of things. I do a lot of work with crisis intervention and suicide prevention. And so I don't always have the opportunity to start there with some of these people. But, you know, one, one, once we get to that point, I think the next thing is to say, um, what what's one thing you can do right now to make sure you're moving in that direction? And, um, and, and it may be as simple as something, just start journaling, just, just start journaling something down. Um, it might be develop a playlist on your, on your music. You know, um, I have multiple playlists on my YouTube and that is basically um, my go-to. If I'm having a tough day, look, I don't care who you are. You're going to have tough days. Oh, yeah. um, there's a great Bible verse that says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Doesn't matter how good looking you are, how much money you have, car you drive, how she living. There's going to be those days. So I know that. So I create these playlists. One might be for inspiration. Um, that, inspira that inspiration playlist may have Martin Luther King's speech. It may have Robert F. Kennedy's uh, speech or John F. Kennedy's speech, or it might have um, Ronald Reagan's speech. It might have these speeches that inspire me, right? Okay. And so when I have one of those days or one of those moments, I go, let's go to the playlist. Okay. And I'll play that playlist. I don't play it just until one song's over or one message is over. I play it until my state changes. So I always encourage people to develop a playlist, a go-to playlist, not something you have to go look up, but you just go play and you've got that. Um, that's probably one of the things I, I teach people a lot. 
Um, and then I teach people that there's there's a process. I when my daughter died, she died of a car in a car accident that I witnessed. I was following them home. And when she died, um, I, that, I that was that was probably the biggest hit. And I remember thinking, what am I going to do now? Because this is not, this is not a good position to be in. I remember thinking, hmm, what's the first thing I've got to do? And I said, the first thing I've got to do is allow myself to feel the feeling I have. I'm hurting. I'm missing her. I'm devastated. I want to feel, I want to allow myself to feel that so I can work through it and not mask it. So that was the first thing I always tell people, allow yourself to feel the feeling. Don't be ashamed of the feeling, allow yourself, but set a time limit on it. So I would say, I'm going to, I feel really miserable right now. I just looked at one of her toys. I'm missing her. I'm devastated right now. I'm going to allow myself maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 10 minutes, but I'm going to set a time limit and say, now at 30 minutes, it's over. It's done. I'm moving to the next thing. So allow yourself the time, set the time though. So you have some a measurement. And then the third thing was now, once I've done that, once I've allowed myself that I'm going to go do something for someone else, because once we take our eyes off of ourselves and our situation, we put it on someone else. Um, it's amazing how easily it transforms um, how we feel about our circumstances Absolutely. and how we feel about our lives as well as how we feel about ourselves. And I think uh, that was probably the biggest thing that I did for myself during that time. And then during all these other times that we've explained um, and then the reframing who reframing has been so powerful for me. Um, I remember, remember my mom died when I was in high school. So um, remember when my, when my daughter died, I said, I, I, I got to reframe this. I'm not sure what I'm going to do, but I'm going to reframe. So I said, okay, I'm going to imagine my, my mom being in heaven and my daughter walking up in through the gates and my mom saying, Macy, come up and sit on grandma's lap. I've got some stories to tell you about your daddy. And I was like, whoo. And then I started to realize that that's, that's the, the first grandchild fathered by me that my mom gets to hold. So that was a whole reframe. This wasn't about my loss. This is what my mom actually got to hold the first grandchild fathered by me in that moment. And then I said, what would the stories be that my mom would tell? And I created three stories that I knew my mom would tell about me growing up. And anytime I started to go to that place of ah, woes me, I'd say, wait, let's go through that. Mom sitting on the on the, the chair, daughter comes in, my daughter walks in in heaven. She tells these amazing stories. And in those three stories, my state would immediately change. And it was in that moment that I said, I can get through this. Wow, that is a powerful idea to do. I think that would be um, amazing to help through grief, to imagine that and to reframe. I think that's a beautiful thing, a beautiful idea. Yeah. Wow, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> uh, wow. I want to okay. honor you and thank you for that response. <laughs> I want to thank you for that response. It's powerful, powerful mm. story. And um, you still, you had a decision every time that you could have made mm. a different path, a different decision. Right. And you're choosing the better way that your your daughter and your mother, I think, would just be so proud of you and how you're living your life in honor of them. Mm. 
you know, we're, we're sad and we grieve them. And, and I think they'd just be like, but be happy for the time we had and be happy you're still alive and be happy and still do things that you want to do. And so I think yeah. they're just, they're just cheering you. And it's a beautiful idea to imagine them together. Wow. So thank thank you. you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because of this, my, my whole vision of life is just to, you know, impart vision and impart strategic action for people. So whether it's they're going through a crisis now or they went through a crisis in the past, um, whether it's they're starting a business or they're trying to restart a failed business, whether they're in a, a healthy relationship or they're not in a healthy relationship, the bottom line is we do have that decision of what we want to do with the story that has been created. Um, and then are we going to write the chapters of the story or are we going to let the chapters write us? And I, I think in that moment, when we make that decision, we're in a much better position to do something productive. So my thing is, how do I do that? Maybe it's from speaking on stages. Maybe it's on podcasts. Maybe it's on a, you know, a video series that I created. Um, or maybe it's on an audio series that I've created. How am I going to do that? Again, I, I, one of the things I teach is get the how out of the way. The how isn't really going to matter. It's going to be the why, it's going to be the who, it's going to be the when, it's going to be the where. And then the how kind of becomes self-evident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I think if there was anything that I would ask somebody to do is go watch my TED Talk. Yeah. Because on my TED Talk, I explain a lot of different things about, um, I believe that the world is is not lacking much, but it is lacking connection and true connection and I, I tell about a story about sitting in a starbucks and i think you know one of the things that i i would remind people of is that there's people literally all around us craving craving more than any drug or anything craving to be seen heard and felt and that connection um and so i talk about connectology there which is a course i teach but i i would just say really strongly people Think about the ability to connect with people, and it's always going to be boiled down to the questions we ask, not the things we say. Oh, that's so true. Even just even just listening, you know, you don't mm -hmm. have to give advice. You don't have to mm -hmm. say anything or share anything. Just be right. somebody that's available for someone, and, and you might not even know what to say, and that's okay, too. You can even say that. I don't know what to say. Absolutely. And it's okay to just listen. But I love how you say to connect because if if you're listening to this and a, a name just came into your mind, then mm. do it right now. You know, just reach out to that person right now. Absolutely. And don't forget to do it because there's a reason why you're listening to this right now. And that a name just came into your head when you heard about reaching out and connecting with someone. So yeah. you got to act on it and just do it. Absolutely. Immediately. Wow. What a gift. I'm so lucky. This has been a good day. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing your life and your vulnerability and your stories with me. I just really appreciate you being so open and sharing what you've endured and what you've done because of it. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. Do you have a podcast as well? I do. It's, okay. it's Monday mornings at ten o'clock. I do a live, um, and oh. then I record it and put it on my on my uh, in my Facebook group. Okay. So um, called Next Level by Association and Your Next Level Now. 
So I'd love to have you on as well. So let's let's set that up. I'll send you a link and you can pick a date. Wow, that'd be fun. I'll have to yeah. listen to it too to know yeah. what you're what you're all about. So that would be fun. So I'll put a link awesome. to your podcast as well. I want to make sure people can find out all about you. So love it. And I'm just so I just want to say I'm so sorry, you know, for all the loss you've had. I mean, that's just I just feel like ah, that is just too much. That's too much mm-hmm. loss. So I am sorry, and I'm just so proud of what you've done because of it. Like mm-hmm. I just can't believe that. I just can't believe your attitude about it. And it just, it's amazing to me. You're a great example. Thank you. So thank you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it, it's, is it, is it too much? It, most people can't handle one. Right. <laughs> you know? So um, that's a lot. And yet, you know, and yet we go, there's people that have been through far worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a friend of mine is the grandson of Dr. Victor Frankel, who wrote well, Man's yeah. for Meaning. And he tells me stories about, you know, what he had tender about what Victor Frankel had to go through three prison camps, mm-hmm. losing his you know family, everything. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess I can recognize that we both have loss. Yeah. But I wasn't tortured by another human being in the process, as well as the loss, as well as, you know, all of that. Everything is comparison is a fast track to misery, a friend oh. of mine say and um and so i always look and go what's too much for me may not be enough for someone else mm-hmm. and um clearly that didn't end my life so there must be something on the other side of that i can i share a quick story with you absolutely yeah. i had this great coaching client one day and and she says i would never jump out of an airplane Ever, ever, ever. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I go out with a, another coaching client of mine. These are inner circle members. And she, we spend an entire day together and she's telling me about this, um, you know, uh, these things that she wants to accomplish. I said, okay, now that we spent this day together, what's next on your, on your list? She goes, I want to jump out of an airplane. This is a different person. And I go, okay, let's set it. Let's pull out the phone right now. So we set up the date. We go, she goes, are you going to jump? I go, no, I have no desire to jump out of an airplane no desire. This is for you. Not about me. So she's looking great. She goes, jumps out of the airplane, lands. She's crying, crying, crying. I go, so what, um, you know, why was this such a big deal to you? And she goes, Oh my gosh, I'm crying because, uh, this time the parachute opened. I'm like, what? She goes, well, the last time it didn't open, they had to pull a a spare chute. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you are a nut. You're an absolute nut. So we're you know, we're laughing and everything. So she goes, "You've got to go. You've got to jump with me." So a bunch of my friends, a bunch of my next level members, um, I rent out of the plane so that we can all go together. This gal who was working for me uh, says, um, "Yeah, well, good luck." I, you know, I said, "No, you're going." She goes, "Okay." I go, "Really? This is the person that I will never, ever, 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 ever." Why is she saying okay? And I'm like, oh. "So." We go through the next day. We're going next week. She goes, okay. Week comes up. We're going tomorrow. Okay. I'm like, she's not even fighting this now. This is no fun. So the next day, we get to the airport. She's she's signing her documents and everything. And we go and we get in the plane and she's bawling. And I'm like, are you okay? She goes, yep, yep, yep. I go, okay. We go up. She jumps out. I land first. She jumps, lands. She's bawling. I go, oh my gosh, what made you jump? 
And all those times they gave you an opportunity to back out and you didn't. She goes, Bob, every day that you said we're going to go next week, I'd say, okay, doesn't mean I have to go next week. I'm just admitting, I'm just okaying it now. We're going to go tomorrow. Okay. But I don't, I can, we're going, we're going up in the plane. I can still ride the plane back down. But why did you jump then? Here's a huge lesson to me. She goes, because I wanted to know so bad what was on the other side of that fear. That was more important than the fear itself. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. In life, man, if we can just say, what's on the other side of this setback? What's on the other side of this fear? What's on the other side of this, this bad breakup? Whatever it is, what's on the other side? And be so curious about that, that everything else takes a back seat. Mm. What an amazing way to live, right? Yeah. That would oh, be the really yeah. living. Yeah. 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 That's very Crazy. powerful. Oh, I love that story. Oh my goodness. And it was funny when you made me think earlier about that same type of thing is, is, you know, when we were kind of talking and I was saying how hard things are, you know, and how, how you had it so hard and, and it reminded me cause you're like, you know what, there's other hard and there's other people that are suffering mm -hmm. with even harder actually, you know, and I think mm -hmm. we always can kind of look to that person next to us and go, okay, and that actually happened to me once where I was dealing with something that was my heart. It was oh. my cross to bear and my hard thing. And mm -hmm. I remember a friend, I was venting to her and just, I can't take it. This is so hard. And she said, that wouldn't be hard for me. It wouldn't be a struggle for me. Wow. And ever since then, I thought, you know what? Our heart is catered to us to yeah. get us to the other side of that heart right. and to learn the lessons we need to learn through right. experiencing our heart. And, yeah, and it and might things, not have been for her. And she has right. different heart. And I look at her heart and go, eh, you know, that's not that bad, you know? Right. And so I think it's great that our heart is catered to us and what we need to learn and experience from it. And I think that I love what you said there, that that may not have been so hard for her. And what she's going through may not be in so hard for you. But giving the grace Absolutely. that it's hard for them. And she's the kindest, sweetest person. And that's what she yeah. was kind of, you know, that's what she was doing, obviously, in that conversation yeah. and listening to me. And she totally was loving and supportive in it as well. Mm -hmm. But just to kind of finally admit to herself, like, gosh, that wouldn't be hard for me, the yeah. thing you're dealing with, you know? And I'm like, wow, it just kind of made me think, like, should I be making it this hard? Right. Well, it was a good tactic to use on me anyway, yeah. but it really got me thinking that we all have our crosses to bear. We all have our stuff and we our do. heart, we and we do. can't judge each other for how we react to each other, to our own heart too. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you have to realize that when somebody is in that space, that they're going through something, that they may see it completely different than we do. Oh, totally you know? though. Okay. I, I had a gentleman that one day I met him in a hotel. I was, I was, he was walking by and he is um, no arms and no legs. He was on prosthetics. And I remember him looking really young and I thought, you know, what's his story? So I just walked up and I said, man, I'd love to buy you dinner sometime. What's your story? I'd love to learn your story. And he goes, okay, so I'm going to be in LA and let's have lunch. So we had lunch at Fogo de Chao. And I said, um, I said, man, I, I got to hear, what is this? He was 18 years old, went and played soccer, um, in Brazil, went and played, uh, got septic that night. They thought he was just had the flu, ended up losing all four of his limbs in a, in a, in a short period of time. That was the story. And I said, man, so one night we were having dinner, a private dinner that I host, I host these next level dinners. And we held this dinner for 10 people and they could ask him anything they wanted. And I asked him, 
if you could have any two limbs back, an arm and a leg or both arms or both legs, which would you want back? And he said, none. And I said, how none? Come on. He goes, this is what's made me who I am today. And I like who I am. I'm like, puddle. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I know. Amazing. I hear people. those. Those Amazing are the stories. People. I know. Those are the stories I hear where I'm just like, wow, you know, and even people like you, and you're just like, you know, you just it it there there are inspiration. They're inspiring mm. stories because of where they've come from what they've yeah, been yeah. through. And so they true. can't get there any other way. And that's why we yeah. have these experiences. That's right. You know, I love that we can share it. So thank you that's for sharing that. Those thank are you. beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. So I'll probably keep all that in. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's wonderful stories. So thank you. Oh, you're a treat. So likewise. This has been I appreciate beautiful. You. Thank you. I appreciate you. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode, because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>